Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to our next episode of 62 Who Knew. Today, the topic, again, uh, is long-term care insurance. We've been covering that topic um, a lot the late, uh, later in the 2020 and here in the beginning of 2021. But as the vaccines uh, for COVID-19 are getting out there in the millions, they're still going out. A lot slower than anticipated, and COVID-19 is still going to be a big part of our lives uh, in 2021. So we are going to continue to speak, not every week, but more than usual, about the long-term care crisis that has existed in this country for at least several decades, um, but that COVID-19 has brought to the forefront. Uh, We have a great show for you tonight. Before we get that, I want to thank everybody for watching last week, uh, our show with Mr. Peter Gelbwax uh, on the topic of should you take the shot, should you not, depends on age, how much you're missing your children, your grandchildren. He was able uh, in his normal um, way of just being such an emotional speaker uh, to get the point across from all angles, why uh, him and his wife have decided to take the shot, why some people have not. I'm personally still undecided, although... um, I am deciding that I'm probably going to trust the science and take it. So before we get to our three great guests, uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. It was a great week last week. To some of our new viewers or to any of our new viewers that are here for the first time, let me tell you the premise of 62 Who Knew. 62 Who Knew is all about the double-edged sword of longer lifespans. Uh, You would think that would be such a blessing, but it's a mixed blessing. And as you get to the age of 62, as we all get to the age of 62, which is what I turned approximately five months ago, we all have the same thoughts. In fact, our fathers had the same thoughts, their fathers and their fathers before them. They all thought the same. I'm 62. Should I take my Social Security or should I defer it? Do I need to keep working? Do I work and take Social Security? Or because I'm deferring it, I can make more money and just stay at my job. Do I need long-term care insurance? Is it too late because I haven't bought it yet? Do I still need my life insurance? I was really trying to pay off my house, but I didn't get that done. Do I need to have a house payment during retirement? Do I have enough in savings? The questions go on and on. And everyone in every generation, at least for the last several generations, asked that question, except for my generation. People who have turned 62 in the last few years and will continue at the rate of about 10,000 per day in the United States. That's right. 10,000 people per day are turning 62 years old in the United States for the next 15 years. We have one different obstacle, one different hurdle to overcome those of us that are doing it now. And that's longer lifespans. When my father or his father planned on retiring, they had a plan for another 10 or 15 years of their life. In our case, according to the AMA, if you make it to 62 in this country, you have a 50-50 chance of making it to 90. You have more than a 40% chance of making it to 95. And based on our friends in the Weizmann Institute that have been regular guests for us, and we thank them, with uh, medical technology and scientific breakthroughs, we're going to be very close to being 100 and 110 for our children and our grandchildren. So who knew at 62 that we still have another 30 years to go? Who knew we still had half the time that we would be already been here, still left. That's what this show is about. We were going to name it 55 and you're still alive, but it didn't play well. So we went with 62. <laughs> Who knew? Okay. And um, the truth of the matter is less than 1% of this country, of this great country, has the ability to live those extra 30 years in style with comfort and peace of mind. So every topic we bring up here, from long-term care insurance to deferring Social Security to annuities to reverse mortgages to health, everything we bring up, Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare uh, supplemental policies, is for you to have quality of life. And obviously the public has liked this topic because we've grown from uh, 
relatively or absolutely unknown in the last year and three quarters uh, to a little more than 80,000 viewers per week. So it's an important topic. So John, our great producer and founder of WeBeam TV, without further ado, let us bring on our master panel tonight. Hello, Michael. And there they are. We have Mr. Mark Michael. Goldberg. Good evening, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Mr. Mark Goldberg and Mr. Bill Comfort, the two young men on the right who have been our panelists before. Mark, uh, well, very well known, uh, president of, of his own insurance company, insurance agency, and well known throughout the country as a long-term care insurance expert. Uh, Mr. Bill Comfort, who, um, you know, he knows I... Uh, I got a man crush on him. I love listening to him speak. I learn every time I listen to Bill Comfort speak. Not only a national expert in his field, um, but one of the greatest, if not the best, educators um, in the long-term care uh, certification um, class or school. He, I don't know how many, it has to be in the thousands, Bill. Isn't it people that you have educated? Uh uh, it's thousands, but I couldn't give you an exact count be, beyond that. We put probably several hundred people through it just this last year. So by the time yeah, you're on, the I've been show, doing it for 18 years. Uh, 18, oh my! Uh, next time you're on the show, could you list them all, please? Could you have all their names? <laughs> 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 well, anyway, uh, I just you know the CLTC designation is is the designation. Um, of the long-term care insurance world and, and to think how many people you have uh, educated and helped get that designation is staggering. Now, we also have a special guest tonight. It's a first for us. Not only is Mr. Keith Birkin, uh this is his first time here as a guest on 62 Who Knew, but as the regional sales director of One America, you are the first underwriter slash carrier slash insurance company to actually come on and give a point of view, not from the broker or agency uh, you know, perspective or the client perspective um, or the host perspective, and I'm a layman when it comes to this, but actually from a national insurance carrier. So, uh, Mr. Birkin, thank you so much uh, for being here on 62 Who Knew? Michael, it's my pleasure to be here, and I'm in very good company. I go back uh a long way uh, with both of your guests tonight. So it should be a lot of fun. All right. Looking so I always it. ask one question. We're not going to get to the meat of the matter yet. But for all new guests, I've always asked the same question, no matter what we're discussing and no matter what the topic is, which is how did you get into long-term care insurance? It's not like, you know, you were watching, um, you know, astronauts on TV or cowboys and go, nah. I want to be a long-term care insurance agent. Um, in most cases, it's, it's, I have found it was something personal or something driven. So what brought you to this industry? No, that's a great question, and you're right. It's hard to just fall into this. And I was actually brought in by a family member back uh, in early 2000, actually 2001, right, when, right around when 9-11 happened. At that time, I owned an IT recruiting firm, and at that time, um, the market took a, a terrible downturn. You might remember the big crash oh, yeah. in 2001, the one that preceded 2008. No one was hiring. It was a very tough time. And I was looking for what my next move was. And it turned out at a bar mitzvah, and I'm sure some of your, your viewers will know what that is, I met a very distant cousin who was a successful career agent with General Electric. Uh, General Electric. And I asked about what he's doing, and, and it's just, you know, he laid out what the product is and and the market, and I said, oh, my God, this is something that is so absolutely needed right now, looking at the baby boomers and the aging, and I said, I want it. And it just turns out there was a, a, an office not too far from me. I was living in New York at the time, and out of that office lived some of the most prolific GE career agents in the country, and I just fell in love with the, the product, the solution, the industry, and just, I knew there was something there. Um, and thankfully was introduced to different divisions and different departments where I got to actually work not just as an agent, but as a regional vice president very quickly within the company as a financial wholesaler. And I've been doing that ever since 2003. And it's just been a love affair with the industry. I think like all of us, it's something that we know that we do, that when we're putting clients into these solutions or turning agents and advisors onto these solutions, ultimately the end run is we're doing something really good for people and their families. And, and for that reason, it's been an incredulous journey 
filled with a lot of undulations, but it wouldn't change a thing. That's fantastic. It's amazing uh, the passion uh, that the three of you have for your industry. Um, you know, not everybody has that. I, I've actually never met a long-term care insurance person. I've met many, thanks to these guys, you know, speaking at different conventions, and they're all wonderful people. They, you know, it's, you know, but the, the passion that you three have, that, you know, that Peter Gelbwax has, and people that you've introduced me to, to helping people, that is, uh, that's a neat way to make a living, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. All right, so let's, let's get Michael. this. Yes, I'm sorry, Mark, go ahead. Can I make just two opening comments? Absolutely. One, I want you to know that saying 55 come, come alive <laughs> is something I chant a lot at the crap table. <laughs> okay, 55. Double nickel. <laughs> I find it works there. The double nickel. All right. All right. Second, right. I, think, I think it's important you share with all your viewers that uh, what you shared with us right before we came on, the fact that this program is being viewed outside of planet earth is something that's truly commendable and you should uh, celebrate that fact uh, uh yeah actually um, it was our uh, producer who said that uh one of his shows here on we beam tv i wish it was us it wasn't it was his uh, nerd tv show and there's more, and there's a lot. And even though all of us are nerds, it wasn't us. But his. Oh, uh, I got the impression it was you. No, I no, not yet. They're waiting for bigger and better things. But the fact that we beam TV, uh, an independent internet station that uh, that Mr. John Gaston created here. Uh, yes, he did get an email um, from the International Space Station uh, because they were watching one of his programs. Um, I think. Well, okay. In case they're watching now, I want to wave to them yes, and, and say, make make sure you wear your mask. <laughs> yes. They don't have yeah. to wear their mask up there. Okay. Well, Michael, I just want to say, I know that we have uh, international coverage yes. at One America. I'm going to check into Interstellar. Well, I'll see what yes. I can find out. I think we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> there are many people that have said to me before, you must be from another planet so yeah. I can see where my, my uh, home uh, planet people would want to watch and and i and i know during college basically you just took up space so it's very possible that uh i had to well, do that i'm sorry for, for a little while there when you talked about larger things i thought you were referring to me as a new planet but okay <laughs> all right well let's do this now because uh you know we've been fortunate enough to have great discussions like this uh for five of the last eight weeks but uh we have a uh like I said, an underwriter, a national carrier. Tell us a little bit about One America. You're going to go first, uh, Keith, and the products, uh, which are the link benefit, or uh, I know some people call them the hybrid products, you know, that One America is famous for uh, in your industry. So talk about One America and the products? Yes, yeah, please. absolutely. Um, and, and again, you know, I started in this industry with a traditional carrier, with GE Financial, Genworth Financial. So, I mean, that that's my background. I started off as a traditional guy. And I believe, you know, in, in this industry, these solutions, there is something for everyone. But I've been very blessed uh, to come over to One America. I started with them in 2016. Um, and what I love about them, the company itself, it's, it's a very conservative company. But as a mutual company, their their philosophy, their thought process is – Everything that they do and everything that they're developing is about the client first. The products that they're putting out, the pricing, the underwriting, everything that they're striving for, along with trying to keep as much sustenance together within the organization, is how are we going to continue to put out a quality product and quality solution now and that we're, we're still going to be able to be here putting out these same solutions 30, 40, 50 years down the road. So the company itself, I'll tell you a little about One America. Uh, its parent company is American United Life. We're based out of Indianapolis. The company, the parent company, is 140 years old. Um, One America itself, the products and the solutions that we have, specifically to what we're talking about today, are hybrid solutions. We've had these since 1989. We're one of the first carriers wow. in the industry to have these linked benefit hybrid combination products. And what I think some of the things that people are finding so attractive about these solutions are not just all of the tangibles, like, you know, and I don't want to go into the products at all, but the things that are, that again, I, I, I think are the glue that holds it together. It's the guarantees that your premiums will never go up, your benefits 
can never decrease unless you use them. Um, a lot of the guarantees that make this somewhat of a safety net with your money as you're looking towards possibly using these benefits down the road. Those are some of the things that I think people like. But even further than that, it's the flexibility, the creativity. It gives so much advantage to the agents and advisors when you're working with products and solutions that are 100% unique as the client. And what I mean by that is with our solutions, there's all these different ways that you can creatively fund them that meets the client's financial, very unique financial profile and portfolio. We work with single premiums, annual premiums, five, 10 or 20 pay qualified money, single premium with guaranteed return of premium, annuities, I mean, I literally challenge an agent, an advisor, or a consumer to find a way to fund this that doesn't meet the flexibility that would fit specifically in with their financial portfolio. So for me, what I like about these solutions, and I believe there really is something for everyone, traditional long-term care has its place specifically, uh, specifically for people who are very price-conscious. What I like about these solutions is they offer the guarantees and the flexibility to fund them you're just not going to find with many other products. So, I mean, that's our, our quick elevator speech. And there's an enormous amount of these little, what I call fizzlers. They have a lot of fizzle, these unique advantages and niches that we have. And, and these are the reasons why we become one of the leaders in the link benefit hybrid industry. Absolutely. Now, Bill, I'm going to come to you oh. next um, because... Yeah. Um, quite frankly, uh, you know, you have expertise in both. That's an understatement. Um, but you've made your position clear in some very well-read um, articles and LinkedIn posts and posts on other uh, platforms that sometimes it worries you that your own world, the long-term care insurance world, is looking at these linked benefit products as the end-all. We don't need anything else. It fits everybody. And you... And I know you're not against them, but you do warn, hey, guys, not this is not the end all. There's still other options. Yeah. And my my position there and I'll, I'll state it again tonight because I think it's it's valuable, not just for folks to understand the discussion between the three of us who've known each other for years and are peers and colleagues in the industry, but for consumers considering long-term care insurance to understand, and this is my professional position, the, these hybrid or linked benefit policies or the, the traditional standalone policies, one or the other or any of the variations, none of them are better nor worse than any of the others. And Keith said a real key thing in, in his uh, introduction there of the company is there are different ways to fund, to take the money that you have today, whether it's a single premium lump sum or whether it's an ongoing annual payment, um, how, how, where does that go? What does that buy? What are the, what are the opportunities to, to customize that? So these are different options that consumers have. And one other just key definitional thing here. Um, the, the terms linked, hybrid, combo, there's no standardization. So one of the things I think consumers have to be very careful of is the explosion of products or innovations, particularly in the last five or six years, have been simply adding a little rider to a death benefit. It's life insurance. And there's a rider. Listen, this is a good thing. It's another option. But it's a rider for long-term care that if you need care, you can accelerate or receive your death benefit while you're getting care. Now, that's wonderful. And But, but what One America does, and another handful of companies similarly, are, are really what are called extension of benefits plans for care. And, and One America's products, and, and again, there's a few others also, but One America's products are special because they're purpose-built for care 
even though they're on this chassis of life insurance uh, or annuities and so on. So consumers need to be really careful. Are you just getting pushed a life policy with an afterthought? Or are you really looking at a funding solution, an insurance product that's built to fund for long-term care? If your purpose is to fund for long-term care, you, you need to be looking at these extension, linked products with an extension or continuation of long-term care benefits. And that's what One America uh, has. And, and I'll say this, pioneered. Uh, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Keith, but I sold my first long-term care policy in 1992. And when I was learning to spell LTC back in the early 90s, one of my key mentors in this field, this specialty, was the regional vice president representative of the, the company that's now part of One America that created this product in 1989. So we, we've had all of these options for all of these years. We're just getting a lot more attention today. Now, my, and, and I'll stop here so we can have some discussion, but my perspective is don't assume that one type of policy is better or worse just because an agent tells you, oh, you don't want this or that because it's bad. Um, and we can develop some details here. But one of my pet peeves is this idea that traditional long-term care insurance is use it or lose it. Now, I get the concept. Mm -hmm. In other words, you spend your money on premiums for 20 or 30 years, and if you never need care, you don't get anything back. Now, did you lose your premiums or did you spend your premiums to have coverage for all of those years? And here's the other piece of it, which is the analysis, Michael, that you're talking about that I've been writing about recently. If you're paying half the premium compared to, say, a policy that would pay your heirs a death benefit if you never need care, it's not a direct comparison That's right. because the hybrid linked life insurance, particularly linked products, cost more. Why? Because you're buying life insurance along with it. Nothing wrong with that. But let's not kid ourselves that you're somehow getting something for free. And, and that's the comparison that's not happening at the, at the consumer client level. You know, and, and I represent both. I just pay, placed a very large single premium uh, annuity-based plan with One America last week. So, and again, it's a company I've worked with since probably 1994 uh, in my practice. But the comparison, if these are all tools for a client, the comparisons have to be fair, not just kind of this emotional appeal oh, you don't want to spend all that money and then, you know, never get anything back. Well, what if you spent half? Mm -hmm. As opposed to spending double just to get that double back. So that's kind right. of been yeah. the, the, the premise of, of what I've been um, trying to analyze recently. But for consumers, particularly, the big picture here, and again, Keith, you said it so well, what is uniquely important for you and your family? And, and that's what all of these options give us in the market today. Keith, did you yeah, want to say and something? I, I agree. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, I know. I saw you want. I want to bring Mark on for his opinion. Um, but you were starting to say something, Keith. Did you have something specific? You know what? No, let's hear from Mark first and then uh, give us all a chance to talk. And then, and then I'll uh, comment on some of Bill's commentary, which I love. Now, now, Mark, I know I know you long enough that when you you personally, at least uh, I'm not saying any of your thousands of agents, uh, I'm not casting a, um, you know anything on them. But I know you personally, when you walk into a home, you don't walk in with any really preconceived notions. I've learned that from you. You walk in, you learn what is best for the client. And then you go from there. But go ahead, Mark. Okay, first of all, point of clarification. I don't walk into anybody's homes anymore. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's, many true. Years. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> true. Everything is done virtually. 
Okay. Uh, we, sh we share a, a link to a screen. I can't see their screen, but they can see mine. Mm -hmm. And all the information today is available electronically, including the application process. So everything is handled uh, cool. through the computer. And that's been a game changer in the long-term care business. So yeah. it's an important distinction. Um, two, I'm going to jump on what uh, Bill said in uh, complimenting Keith, which I know can be a problem at times. The head gets big and there's, it's hard to contain, but it's okay. Keith didn't mention two things that are very unique about the One America product that nobody else has. One is that both spouses or both husband and wife or significant other can be on the same policy. There's no, uh, there's no other hybrid product where you both can be on the same plan. You have to be, um, each get your own policy. The advantage of getting your own policy is that when either one of these, those people pass away, the surviving spouse gets the death benefit. But it, usually you have to put up twice as much money to get it. On the other hand, with Keith's policy, both husband and wife can be on the same policy, both get a separate coverage, share in the others if they need it, and um, you probably don't have to put up as much money. And so it's much more flexible to work with. Good point. Two, with the exception of one other, and frankly, I don't consider them a serious player in the space, One America is the only one that offers still the rider that will provide lifetime coverage. And though it's more probably psychological than practical, but having um, a lifetime coverage really assuages a lot of people's fear that they're going to outlive the yeah. money that's in the policy. And so you can get a lifetime uh, rider with most One America products, and that just takes away that. You know, well, my grandmother was in there for, for 15 years with Alzheimer's. Okay. Well, if you're, if you're in there in the facility for 15 years, you're going to have a policy that pays you for that long. So that's a, that's a big uh, differential in the market. So, I, so we applaud uh, One America in particular for having some distinct things to offer and, and um, put them in a, a separate category, frankly, than some of the other hybrids. Okay. All right. Now, I'll, go ahead. I'll piggyback on that one, one more, Michael. Is, and this is one of the biggest things, considering you go back to 2000 when there were 125 companies selling long-term care, and now we're currently at 15, about to go to 14 with the exit of, a, of another prominent carrier, Transamerica. Uh, and that is that most link benefit solutions, One America, of course, being one of them, are, are, are contracts, our policies are, are non-cancelable where uh, generally the great majority of LTC contracts were guaranteed renewable. What does that mean for your viewers? The most important thing is with non-cancelable contracts, like those of linked benefits, the premiums that you're paying today are guaranteed not to change. Where with guaranteed renewable, they simply can't make those guarantees. Now, I know a lot of the carriers have had massive increases, and they're at a price point now where they're, saying they're feeling comfortably priced to the year 2030. But again, that's just nothing is guaranteed. So mm -hmm. what I, when I talk to agents and advisors, because the bottom line is whatever solution as an agent or an advisor you're presenting to your client, you're going to present it with your belief system. What's important to you in all of the, the variety of types of solutions are out there, not even linked benefits, versus traditional, but then within the link benefits, you then have to look at what solutions are you most uh, having an affinity towards. You have indemnity and cash versus reimbursement, and what's more important, a lifetime benefit on a joint life chassis like Mark just talked about, an incredible advantage to get one policy with one premium for two people. It's all about um, a, a very, very specific belief system that you're bringing to your client. And this is where you get to play around with it and you get to decide with them, starting with your belief system, what is most important. And when looking at long-term care, to me, I think some of the things that obviously price, there's no question, but price is only a consideration in the absence of value. So what is it that you're getting? And what I think we can all agree on 
anytime you can put out a solution where premiums are guaranteed and you have benefits that can never be exhausted on a lifetime chassis, to me, those are two of the biggest features of a solution that are the, the hardest to usurp. And again, I still believe there is a place for traditional. And honestly, that place is, for me, 100% centered around pricing because simply many people can't afford the the policy price that you get from a link benefit. But, you know, it's, it's I liken it to a guy buying, you know, stepping on a lot. He goes and he buys a Mercedes. No one, no one stepping on a lot to buy a Mercedes is, is going to say, well, wait a minute. This is more expensive than the Honda. I don't get it. They both have four wheels and a steering wheel. You're paying more because what you're getting is value. And the value that you're getting, some of the advantages are nice. But to me, that value resides in a premium that can never be increased and a benefit that can never run out. So it all starts with your belief system as an agent or advisor. What's important to you when you're presenting to your client and in doing so, you're going to identify with those solutions that reside on those levels of importance. To me, like I said, I love guarantees and I think a lot of people do as well. And then you add into the fact that you have all the flexibility with the different funding options. Mm -hmm. And this is where these products and solutions get very exciting and very interesting. So I'll toss the uh, the baton back over to you guys for, further commentary. I'm going to make a quick one only because, and let me make this clear to our viewers, because um, three national experts in the field, one layman. I just happen to be, you know, the guy that invited them. But as a layman who has been closely related to your industry for going on 12 years now, um, you know, the, I hear you say there are many funding solutions uh, when you... Uh, you know, walk into a house and you want to get a single premium uh, policy or a hybrid policy, you know, do they take that, you know, and when you refer to a funding solution, a person like me in the mortgage industry has a different definition of a funding solution. And, and I want any one of the three of you to just overtalk me and correct me if I'm wrong. A funding solution for a single premium product is should we take it out of your money market do you have some CDs um, that are a low interest rate? Maybe you have a stock that's been losing you money or a mutual fund. Let's take it out of there. But the problem is less than 1% of this country has a money market, CDs, annuities, and mutual funds. And to me, and I say this with all the respect because it's just like my reverse mortgage world, it's why the long-term care insurance world has never been accepted by the public. I mean, I think you have, and correct me if I'm wrong, below a 5% penetration. Which no, is, no, no, it's about 8%. Um, who's going to argue okay, about it? 8 to 10. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because my reverse mortgage world right. is still below 5 Great product, not expensive, like people think. Protects them through death. No one takes your house. But we can't get the message across. And you guys are at 9%, so I'm sorry I said 3 or 4 and that's great, too. But I want to talk. I mean, I shouldn't say I want to talk. That's wrong. I want to add another funding solution to that person that goes, oh, my God, I want this. But I don't have a $100,000 CD. I don't have any annuity, or I have a $30,000 annuity, or I have this. I live well. I make good money. I retired on nice money. My family, my children, my grandchildren want for nothing. But I don't have a six or a six figure bank account, let alone a seven. That's ninety nine percent of this world. That's not hundreds of thousands. That's millions of seniors, maybe tens of millions. <laughs> but they have equity in their house. How do we get to those people? That quite frankly, as you're all buying leads, as you're all going out and doing stuff, you know, on Facebook and LinkedIn, you're not buying those people because you're doing the background of we want this credit score, this much in liquidity. How about the people that don't have a lot of liquidity but have hundreds and hundreds of thousands well, of dollars in equity that we can now bring this? Yeah. That, that's well, and I can speak to that as well. Yeah. I, I agree. There are tons of funding solutions that you can look at to generate the capital needed for a single premium. But I'll, I'll speak to one America, one America specifically. When I talk about 
the multitude of funding solutions, we go beyond that where we allow for annual premiums as well, as well as five pay, 10 pay, 20. Oh, qualified money, which a lot of people consider kind of money that's, that's, that's out of bounds or certainly not used as an investment vehicle to buy these kinds of solutions. So the ability to have a link benefit, and this is where it's very out of the box, yeah. that you can pay with an annual premium or qualified money. Or we get really unique where you could do an annual premium with, and this is where I really see our products have really started to take off. There are a lot of people that don't have enough money to do a single premium. They're sitting on 100 200 250 and you could grab just a small portion of that, like 30000 drop that in, and then have an annual premium, but your annual premium will be a bit less because of like that down payment. And that's an interesting rider that we have at One America. So when I was starting off by talking about how truly unique these solutions are and how many funding methods there are, it's not a, a multitude of funding solutions to get to a single premium. No, it's a multitude of funding options to get to within how we'll select premiums. Exactly. And now this is an unfair question. I should have asked it of you a week ago so you could have the answer. So uh, I apologize if you don't have the answer. When you talk about qualified money or not, if someone said to One America, I want a $100,000 or $150,000 single premium hybrid product, and they disclosed to you that they were taking that out of equity in their home, you're okay with that as a come now that's an unfair question maybe no of course we're, i think we're, yeah, we're fine with that because I, I, it also reduces their cost of living well and of course you can take that out with a regular mortgage i know your ideal client is in their 50s now not their 60s what i love about this 62 and above um scenario not and I'm trying not to be self-serving. I'm not just here to push it so I can do more reverse mortgages, is that you take that client where the average house payment in this country is $1,200 a month. And let's forget lending the money to buy insurance. A lot of people are against that. I don't know why. That's a different show. But just to eliminate that $1,200 payment as a funding solution, because with a reverse mortgage, we're not giving them another payment, which at 62 or 65, who, they, they need another payment like they need a hole in the head. How do we get this message across to the masses that go, you know, I don't even have 30 grand to put up? I mean, I, I do reverse mortgages for people here in Florida, New Jersey, soon Pennsylvania, that have 600000 in equity in their house and fifty grand in the bank. Their bills are paid. Their car is free and clear. They're on a nice street. They want for nothing but write a check. There are no funding solutions. So how do we, as an independence and, and a huge carrier, it, it's almost like the, the, um, the you know, a COVID today and the shot. You know, do you take the shot? Do you not take the shot? Well, first you have to accept this is a real disease. It's not like the flu. It really can hurt you. You have to show them the need. So million people dying is showing them the need, obviously. How do we show those people out there the need for long-term care insurance? Okay, I, I think, so Michael, you, you put your finger on the kind of folks that have been hard for us to serve yes. in long-term care insurance in, yes. in any form. And, and those are folks that they're, they're paying all their bills. Their cash flow is fine, but it's paying for lifestyle. That's right. And they don't have, you know, um, three or four hundred thousand in, you know, cash or personal savings, let alone 401ks, but they maybe have a lot of equity in their home. And these are the folks who will feel the tremendously difficult choice of needing care because if they can't, if they can't afford to pay a premium, they certainly can't afford to hire home care, and Medicaid puts everything else at risk immediately, right. um, especially the lifestyle of a still living or co-living, living after the death of the first spouse, the other spouse. So how do you help these people pay a premium 
for long-term care insurance mm -hmm. that will provide the kind of care that they would really like to have on their own terms, particularly at home, which has been one of the big lessons from COVID. Right. Um, because they can't cash flow it, but they have this equity in their home. And like, you know, your example, we used this a few weeks ago of being able to eliminate $1,200 uh, a month in principal and interest uh, payments on their mortgage. Half of that buys well above average traditional long-term care insurance uh, for a meaningful amount. Um, and, you know, a thousand or, uh, or so a month would buy an equivalent hybrid um, uh, policy. Um, you know, guaranteed premiums and death benefit and so on, uh, you know, that only right. leaves it, it. And so how much do they need extra for lifestyle? I don't know. If they don't, they have options. Right. But this is where these different funding solutions come in. Mm -hmm. uh, reverse mortgage is a lump sum and it's one and done. They don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, or they've created the monthly cash flow that lets them pay the premium for long-term care insurance that ultimately protects everything else, not just their assets. It, it, there's way too much talk uh, generally that long-term care insurance is for people who, who need to protect their assets. Long-term care insurance first and foremost protects your spouse and your kids' life and their lifestyle and cash flow, particularly for that other spouse who's gonna continue to live after you need care. So you That's see the enthusiasm. what's getting missed here in terms of planning. Yes. Forget protecting assets to leave money to your kids. Look, if that's your goal, great. But before you even get a chance to leave money to your kids, you've got to finish taking care of yourself and your spouse. And long-term care without insurance is going to wipe that out. You better be ready. So these, these are the options that we've got here. And I think the reverse mortgage connection is so... Uh, significant as an opportunity. It's not a panacea. That's right. But I think it could enable, especially those folks, Michael, you just identified, to perhaps have coverage that would be so meaningful to them in, in whatever form that we're talking that's about. That's the other 91% of the world. Uh, All right, Bill. Yeah, so, Mark, go ahead, please. Yeah. yeah well, I, can, well, I didn't want to talk over Bill any more than I was trying to. So that was, um, <laughs> that's fine. And I want to applaud you for being a, um, in, in the words of Dan Aykroyd, uh, jumping from topic to topic with the frequency of a cheap ham radio. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, what you just heard in Bill's enthusiasm about this as an alternative funding mechanism is the message that hasn't gotten out That's to your right. point. And the reason it hasn't gotten out is because, uh, unfortunately for the world, there are not more Bill Comforts out there. Um, Bill Comfort understands the intricacies of this. And that's where it begins. It's not the end user. It's not the client. It starts with the, with the, the agent who's bringing them these different solutions. They've got to be understanding of what the value of having this as a method could be to their clients so they can introduce it in the first place. Their clients That's are not right. going to know about this unless they, they, they're told about it. And two, um, as you said, it's got the double plus thing of not only uh, helping you provide for long-term care protection, but also lowering your, your monthly cost of living now, mm -hmm. thus giving you more money for other stuff. So the enthusiasm which Bill had, if you want that to be had by all the others, in this space that represent these products, we, you've got to get your reverse mortgage companies to get out there and explain exactly how this works and find out where the pushback is and be able to address that and take the taboo away from using your equity to pay for this because it makes great sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Keith has ever seen it in, in, in funding any of his uh, One America policies, but I can. I have not every week that tell me, you know, I just don't have the cash flow to be able to do it. And I don't have, and I'm afraid to give up the hundred or 200,000 I do have in savings 
because I'm that's my rainy day money. That's and right. if I put it into a fund, I'm concerned, you know, I'm not going to have as much control and so forth. So it just needs to be communicated in a way that's easy for the consumer to understand and that the agent can buy into because the first sale here has to be to the producers themselves. Well, They've got to buy into the concept or you're not going to get it to the next level. And, I, go ahead. and they have to have a reverse mortgage partner in their community that understands mm-hmm. uh, the opportunity and how they work together as opposed to saying, well, that's not appropriate you know, uh, use, which, I, again, that's one of the biases here that's wrong. But, yeah, you're right, Mark, though. The, the advisors, the planners, the long-term care agents have to be open to at least asking the question and knowing how it could work. Well, let me also and, say again, more, Keith, yeah. I think back to all of your options, you know, do you want to do it in a lump sum? Do you want to do it over 10 years? Do you want to spread it out over the rest of your life and keep some money back for uh, your lifestyle? Just, for example, from the reverse mortgage. Let me ask a question because I, I, I agree 100% with Mark. The reverse mortgage world has to get out there and start pushing this as another option for reverse Viable mortgages. Viable concept, that's right. right. But we can't do it alone. And having agents yeah. help us, no matter how powerful they are, yeah. and here's that's two right. very powerful that's agents, way. it's not going to help. How do I get, how do we get, because we have Keith here, how do we get the One Americas of the world to when to train? How many agents does One America have, Keith? Oh my God! Uh, I mean, we have a career Mike. shop, but just from our downline distributions, it's tens of thousands. All right, tens and, of thousands. And and again, unfair question. So I apologize. How many of those tens of thousands? I want all three of you to answer this. Even think of saying to someone when they're in their house or on Zoom or talking to them on a computer, and that person says, I can't afford it. He looks at the app. He knows they're 62. How many of those tens of thousands of people can be trained or have been trained to go, really? Do you have a mortgage payment? What if we eliminated that more? How do I get, how do we get these two industries to talk to each other because I know I've been going to LTC conventions for the better part of 10 years. They ain't cheap. I'm writing checks. I speak. I get enthusiasm. And then I get from the carriers, oh, I don't know. We don't well, usually they, do that. It, it can't just be the reverse mortgage world. That was a good, was a good carrier impression there. Thank you. It's the way the reverse mortgage people speak to. I don't yeah. want to do that. I need the reverse mortgage like world and the long-term care world to come together and say to their agents, their agents, their loan or guys, we're working with this. I mean, look, I'm not speaking at a school here. A year and a half ago, Mutual of Omaha bought one of the largest reverse mortgage companies in this country during a time where reverse mortgages weren't doing that well. They had just cut loan amounts. I can't believe... So the Mutual of Omaha's and the One America's and others should get behind it with branding campaigns. And and what you really need, what you really need, honestly... As an educated guest, I think you're going to see that in 2021. A very big push from Mutual of Omaha. Boy, do we have a way to fund your long-term care insurance, life insurance, final expense insurance. That'll be good. So that's one company that had that went and bought a long-term care insurance company. And I'm not telling you what would be better. What would be be better, and I want to let Keith speak because he's the new guest here, but what uh, what would be better is if you can get the Dave Ramsey's and the Susie Orman's and the the girl from Chicago um, and all the other respected or people who have financial planners that have followings to say, this is a good strategy. Because so many of my clients say, Dave Ramsey told me to get this before I'm 60 years old, or Susie Orman did a show where she recommended highly that I look at this, or my financial planner, who overheard one of them say, said I need to look at this. I will tell so. you that a very strong person in our industry um, that I know very well and is very well respected is making very good inroads with Susie Orman in the reverse okay. mortgage world. Very good inroads. Um, okay. Our other friend that you mentioned... Um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. 
Ramsey? Yeah. If, if the world crazy Uncle Dave. Yeah, crazy Uncle Dave. You know, his basic <laughs> philosophy of don't buy something if you can't afford it. Hey, I wish somebody would have said that to me in my 30s, okay? I have no problem with his <laughs> basic philosophy. But past that ba- basic philosophy, only buy a car if you don't have any payments. Only buy a house if you can put 20% down because mortgage insurance is a rip. If people actually lived by, by George Ramsey's philosophy, we would go into a recession that made 2008 hey, through 2013 look like a picnic. I respect him. He's got his, his following. But when it comes to reverse mortgages. No, but that's the key. Yeah. That's the key right there. He has a following. And, yeah. and what you can do is tap into different followings. I mean, we just saw a certain person get right. 74 million votes because he had a following. So um, well, let's not go there. Uh, the last time we did that, we almost exploded. Keith, <laughs> no, no, no. Keith. I'm not going there. But my point to you is if you have a following, you've got to take advantage of that. Keith, let me ask you a question. And again, I know, unfair sure. question. Do you think a company like One America, if it can be. Sh- Number one is always compliance. Let's face it. Compliance, compliance, compliance. If we could show the compliance people of One America that the use of home equity is not only legal, ethical, moral, and compliant, would they be open to a discussion with a national reverse mortgage company? Do you think of going, guys, we can get you that other 91%? So I have to be obviously very careful yeah, how this, I answer yeah, some yeah, of these I, questions I'll as an ambassador for, for, for a carrier. Let but me I, just and look. I understand what you're coming from, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll be I'll be I'll be really direct with you. I'm, I'm doing this a, a long time in the industry, 20 years as a wholesaler for 17, um, and it's I have not heard that concept. Often thought about it, but I've never had an advisor, or an agent, or a BGA bring that concept. Uh, I do happen to think, though, it is extremely viable, especially when you're talking with someone who is in the autumn of their days and doesn't have the money um, to support a lifestyle and paying premiums. Why wouldn't they do that? Um, and I think the issue here from a, from a compliance perspective is just the suitability aspect of suitability, it. But suitability, suitability. Cer- certainly, I'm down to, and I would love, now I'm very actually uh, very anxious to bring this to my compliance an advanced marketing team, and I'm sure they've had these discussions in the past, and I'd love to see how they started and, and where they ended. Um, because I do think it does it does make a lot of sense. And you know what I love about these types of discussions? It just speaks to, I feel how, how fortunate both agents, advisors, and consumers are right now, because looking back 15, 20 years ago, when there were just so few options on how to get this kind of what I call not just asset, but I love how Bill said it, family protection, mm-hmm. right? Before it was just you pay the premium and that's it. Now there are so many different solutions for this. Let me tell you what I really love about that. The opportunity it gives to an agent, an advisor to get the business. They're no longer just someone that's running a quote. As an agent or advisor, you have to be a planner now. That's you right. really need to understand how all of these solutions work, all the different possible funding options, including this brilliant one that you're talking about right now. And you know, for agents that are you know, sick of quoting out uh, on illustrations and solutions and then losing that business to a financial planner, now there's so many different ways to do this as an expert, as a planner yourself, you have the opportunity to bring so much to the table as that concierge level approach into really looking at someone, really holistically looking at them financially uh, from their profile and, and everything as such as what they have and what they're looking to accomplish to be a planner for them. And that's how you get people to work with you. I just think it's very fortunate right now how evolved the products and the industry yes. has become, and that speaks well. It's great for agents and advisors that are now getting into this or have been doing it all along. So, I pre- yeah, it's, right. it's uh, you know both Mark and Bill have heard this before, and with only two and a half minutes left, I don't want to take more than thirty seconds to do it. But you know, fifteen years ago, before I lost my father, you know, the last year of his life was quality. Uh, the last six weeks was hospice and quality, but you know, the quality was going down. But the last year of his life was quality, and Dad uh, had an incredible um, uh, 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 um, coverage. 
He had his, of course, Medicare. He had the, you know, a fantastic Medicare supplemental policy. He was also a decorated World War II uh, veteran, so the VA had many things for him. He was an ex-POW. But even with all of that, the last six months of his life, living in my house, we had two master bedrooms with his grandchildren, family all around him, still doing well, between fixing the bathroom, taking out the tub, putting in, you know, um, bars so he could get off the toilet because he's a big guy and he was embarrassed to have his son or one of his grandchildren help him and the and the help that i needed in the house or i'd have you know because i had to run my mortgage company well thank god 15 years well, thank ago, god 15 years ago you know business was great um but i was writing out big checks every month to make sure my dad was comfortable and i would have went bankrupt doing that so would anybody on this panel uh, you know, for your mother or your father. And I thought to myself, my God, how many times did our favorite financial planner, who is not with us anymore 15 years ago, say to my father, I'm going to get long, you need to get long-term care insurance. And my dad went, ah, you're kidding me. I'm 13 months in POW camp. You think I'm going to need long-term care insurance? But the <laughs> truth is, if, if we didn't own a mortgage company and business wasn't great, it sort of brought me down to earth I'm not a snob, but it put a different world in front of me. And I went, my God, what would a person that is not at my income level do for their mom or dad if they couldn't afford this? Medicaid? A home? Um, we have 20 seconds left, so I'm just going to say to my studio uh, to my television audience, you can switch over to Facebook. You can switch over to WeBeam TV. We're going to go a little over. We're not going to stop. We're going to stop soon. Um, I, did we forget to tell you, Keith, this is a telethon. It's just another 23 hours. Um, <laughs> how much money have we raised, Mike? Yes, uh, that's how we raised money. Good thing I play guitar. This is from, <laughs> oh, let's, Here let's, the go, let's go to the tote board. Yeah, let's, let's what, see. What have we raised so far? Um, yeah. I just, I just... You know, it really and truly, and, and about 15 years ago, right after I met my dad, that's when I lucked in to meeting Peter Gelbwax. He was a keynote speaker at an FPA convention here in Tampa, and I was one of the lesser speakers uh, talking about reverse mortgages, and we hit it off, and, and he's one of my closest friends in life. Um, but my God, that other 91% of the people that need help at home, for themselves or their mom or their dad, they, they just can't do it. And, and so it just Michael, break, it just I gotta, go ahead, go ahead, I got to leave you. I got to leave you early. So I just let's interject this one thing, especially since we're off the air. Um, Remember, there's still a lot of people watching no, 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 on other no, platforms. I, I want I want the people that are dedicated to hear it. I just didn't want to. Okay. I didn't want to in any way get negative. I'm just throwing a point to you to think about for another show. The reason I don't think people think of a reverse mortgage in order to do this and are going to be a little bit difficult to convince is that to them, the equity in their house is the third rail that they don't want to touch. That's the absolute ultimate emergency money. And as much as I think it makes sense to use that for this, um, that's where I think that the, the, the negative thoughts will come when someone's contemplating that strategy. So it just means we have to educate people to get around well, that. And I'm going to I'm going to respectfully disagree with you and say that in my opinion it's the 75 80 85 year old people that think exactly what you're saying. But today's baby boomer? Oh my god. Show me how getting rid of my mortgage payment will make sure that my wife and I will never be in a home, that my children will never be cleaning my diaper, that I'll never have to ask my son to help me out of the bathtub. Um, they couldn't give a shit less about their equity. They want to have the right life. They, they don't. That's and, and, and now I see that once we're off the air, you become Joe Scarborough. I, I get a little worse once we're off the air. I just, I, it, it just, it, yeah. Anyway, I didn't want to. All I, right, I'm, I'm gonna. I gotta run because I got a group waiting for me. But thank you again that, and uh, good, show, good show, Keith. You've been baptized yes, into the 62 yes, new family. He's part of the okay. baptized or circumcised. 
Oh, well, that usually discourages them. They hardly yeah, ever does. come back. <laughs> uh, Keith, oh, my I'm going to ask you a question yeah. again. Don't worry, I know you can't give a yes or no. I would like to continue this conversation with you. I absolutely know as sure as the sun's going to rise tomorrow, if you talk to a compliance person in One America, they're going to look at you like they have three heads, like you have three heads and go, what are you, yeah. crazy? We're not doing that. And, of course, with a compliance person, it's so hard to say why. Can you tell me why? Oh, that's a conflict. Why? They, they're they not used to it either. Because I've actually right. had some, yeah. But at this point, I actually have, not my little company, of course, a national Wall Street player. Their compliance department could get together with your compliance department and actually say, let us show you why it is compliant ethical and moral and how we can bring long-term care insurance to the masses that have never had it available so if there's uh, any way we could talk to someone maybe you and i could touch base later this week absolutely i'm absolutely open to putting that together all right i appreciate it i Bill. think it's and, ahead, and, and you know michael and, and and keith as we as we all are sort of stepping into this new partnership <laughs> and, and trying to create it between our industries, I think we also have to be realistic. It's not going to be for everybody. That's it's right. not going to be for everybody who's 62 to 70 and insurable and has significant home equity. But if we can take, I, I don't know, if we can go from 9% to, you know, to 10 or 11%, you know, market penetration or just a few percent of the people with significant home equity who would fall in the appropriate age and insurability categories, mm -hmm. holy cow, it would explode both of our industries and provide tremendous value, not only to families, but to society. You That's think right. about it. You put another few hundred thousand lives on long-term care insurance, they're not going to go on Medicaid. That's right. They're not going to fall to some of these other, you know, social programs and safety nets and, and those types of things. That now saves everybody money, mm -hmm. let alone the heartache and everything else that goes that, along. That's why we um, have to get the with big the care issues. <clears throat> I mean, big carriers, let's face it, right. they have political pull. Uh, they have more than a little guy like us. Yeah, they need, right. they need to say to their compliance people, give us a chance. Talk to some. But you're right. Every person that funds a long-term care insurance policy with something other than the government is doing everybody a favor. And then we could do a whole show one day, um, quite frankly, not only on that, but how about the people that are just flat-out rejected? Health, done, zero. You can't get anything but they have a house with equity. We give them a low-cost line of credit. Now, none of us are making money on that, except for the reverse mortgage person. But how about a two hundred dollars or $300,000 line of credit that you don't pay for unless you use, so ethically and morally, and let it sit? And when you're in your 80s and 90s, don't wait for that stroke. Don't wait for that heart attack. That turndown in your industry could be a great reverse mortgage here in my industry, and now suddenly they have a, a, you know, a net to catch them if they have a long-term care event because they didn't come to you till they were too healthy, till they were too sick. We just got to get together. We got to do this. Right. Well, there's one thing that the government has has shown and proven that if they think that there's an effort uh, to further privatize long-term care and get that incredible burden. Off, off of Medicare and Medicaid, they're very willing and ready to write legislation that offers favorable <laughs> tax advantages, a la the Deficit Reduction Act, which allowed for more partnership, and of course the Pension Protection Act, which gave some very favorable uh, tax advantages as well. So I, it's funny when you first started talking about this, it's immediately built where my head went to, um, how, how and why would the government not want to create favorable tax advantages to further this along, it's just going to take more money uh, out of the coffers of Medicare and Medicaid of those expenses. So it, it's a natural, natural transition. What, what, and here's the flip side. Here's the flip side. It's not just saving money that it, it, that would be spent on these folks. It's allowing then the money that's not spent 
on the people who are appropriately insured to be able to be spent on those who can't be insured. Everybody wants to expand Medicaid. Everybody would like to expand Medicaid to assisted living and home care. But you can't do that unless more people are covered other ways. Because there's just, there's a limited amount of money to spend on this. So by shifting it, 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 it saves money and or allows the money that's there to be better used for those who are truly in need. And, and I, I think, you know, whichever way you want to look at it, those are both net social positives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I've always been a believer in Reaganomics um, and trickle-down economy. Not only what you just said is 100% true, but think of how many more people um, that would have long-term care insurance who we eliminated their mortgage payment would have more of a positive cash flow. I'd love to say everybody's smart and they're going to save that money. No, they're not. They're going to go to the movies. They're going to take cruises. They're going to fix their car. They're going to help their grandchildren with college. I mean, it's something that makes so much sense that the more I think about it, the more I see why the government won't do it. It just makes too much sense. It's just, it's just right on every level. So the government doesn't, you know. But, yeah, we, I really hope we can have some conversation with somebody like One America to go, guys, just set up a meeting with our compliance people. Let's just talk about it. And if Mutual of Omaha is the first to do it, and they're going to do it then that's great. There's a lot of business out there for all of us. I need one major carrier to say to their thousands and thousands of agents, there's a new list in your book. There's a new option on the PowerPoint presentation. Have a house? Have any equity? Let us show you how to do this. When one big carrier does that, it's going to happen. But we got to get one. All righty. Uh, it starts with one, and then generally the rest follows through. Yeah. So it, it does work. Right. Like that, right. Yeah. Right. I just wish Michael, you- thanks again. That's oh, thank always you. a privilege to be on your show. And Keith, great to see you again. Always a pleasure. Michael, I really enjoyed it. What a great show. Very well done. Bill, any, anywhere, anytime I can get on camera with you, that's how I feel. I'm always happy. So that's-, yeah, that's how he, <laughs> he makes us look better. Keith, thank you so, so that's much. Right. And uh, we'll touch base uh, in the next couple of days, and maybe I can set up an appointment. Again, I'm the little guy with this other national company's compliance or CEO, maybe you or whoever you, you appoint us to, see if, we, see if we can get that 9% number in double digits. Yep, let's talk. I'm excited about it. All right. Thank you guys so much. Take care. Bye. All right. Have a good night.